0: Good evening. Wow, what a good turnout tonight. I hope that you did want to see Egypt, just, just not the food. Uh, wow, what a joy. And our youth are in here. Way to go. Yeah. We're going to show you some pictures. The youth over in Egypt, particularly at the church in Hore, just really encouraged Gina and I. And uh, they're an amazing group of young people. So many of them have college uh, degrees, and yet there's no jobs. Uh, and But they serve the Lord, and they, they served us while we were there. So really good to see them. And we have a ministry um, that is of a church that is greatly connected to Samir. And, uh, and years ago, as I got here, Samir and I became friends, and we began talking, and I heard his testimony, what God had done and how God had used him. And it just really stirred my soul, uh, the faith that that this man has. Um, and then he began to tell me about his grandfather's church in southern Egypt. And the more we talked about it, the more interested I got in. And, and Samir has uh, been very involved in that ministry down there, helping and doing all kinds of things. I kept pleading with him, Samir, let us in on this. You, you can't hold, you, you come and share the joy. And finally he started to let us get involved. And that was really fun. And so we've got to know Pastor Gerges um, over, first over line, uh, over emails and, and some Zoom meetings and began to realize we have a really good man down there in the middle of nowhere in, in Egypt. Uh, this church, you're going to see this, um, was planted by Samir's grandfather in 1889. Is that correct? Yes. 1889. I got to get him to talk. He's, I had to drag him up here. Um, he's not happy with me. I'm hoping he'll forgive me. Um, uh, so, this is, what, 130-some-odd years, this church now? 133 years this church has existed in the middle of a Muslim world, and not only that, but in the middle of a Coptic world. So, Coptic is equivalent with Roman Catholicism here, um, and they're, but they're looked at as Christians there because uh, that's the way the world works, Muslim and Christian and so forth, Right. Uh, and so this church stands alone, particularly in this town and many miles around it as the only evangelical church and through the ministry of Samir and that ministry down there, we have got connected with them. And so about three years ago, Samir and I started planning a trip and then COVID hit and then Samir had heart surgery. And I mean, all kinds of things happened. but God finally opened the door and allowed us to go. And, uh, and we had a great trip. So tonight, our goal, and Gina's got to chime in here. Um, oh, by the way, um, you know, when I'm at church, of course, people want to talk to me a lot. It was so cool in Egypt because nobody wanted to talk to me. All they wanted to talk is to get pictures with the blonde bombshell here. It was, it was so fun. It was I'm like, I don't even exist. This is great. They thought I was Egyptian. Like, where'd he get the, the American wife? And. Uh, so you'll see some of that tonight. Uh, that was really fun. I really did enjoy that. Uh, and, uh, but anyway, we... have never been so popular in my life. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, photo ops, the whole thing. It was a lot of fun to watch it happen. Samir and I just kind of backed away, didn't we? Um, so what we want to do is we'll kind of walk through the trip a little bit. Now, not only did we go to the church in Hore, Egypt, there, um, God graciously allowed us to go on a bit of a tour through Egypt, which has really impacted me. Um, You know, most of the Pentateuch is in Egypt, starting with Joseph. And then Jacob and the other brothers all make their way down. All of the book of Exodus, all of the book of Leviticus, all of the book of Numbers, and all of the book of Deuteronomy is recorded in Egypt. So, what an opportunity to see some of that. Plus, we have the Lord Jesus Christ and his parents as they escaped King Herod, right? Where'd they go? Egypt. So, God has used Egypt. He's judged them and he's used them. And I don't think that's done. I think God still has got a role uh, there as I study the scriptures. And so, I look forward to see how the Lord's going to play that out. So, Egypt was really fun um, to be in from one to see the ministry there in Hor and then to see where the children of Israel walked. Um, Mount Sinai, those type of things. I look forward to showing these pictures. So what we're going to do is I, I have pictures on my laptop. Troy's controlling things from upstairs, and we're going to move through some of these things. Hopefully I can get Samir and Gina to make some comments here. Help me remember everything we did here. Um, so I want to start with the first picture here, and this is a, this is a very important picture, isn't it, Samir?
1: Yeah, th- this is... Uh one of the projects for the church and was an issue there about the girls going to the university. Therefore, they want a dormitory for the girls in that city where the university is. They prayed for that for 10 years. That's what the pastor told me, and God provided, and we purchased that building six-story high, and it housed 45 college girls. That was so relief for the parents. They know that they're uh, girls in a Christian environment, they are safe and they have everything they want
0: it uh, Samira has really been involved in this it was something that him and I began to pray about and Samira believes God miraculously brought about we just we went to prayer one night over yeah. this thing right
1: uh, before, before that project the first thing is we need to open an account in one of the banks uh that we can send money from here, and the pastor went to the entire town where the university is. No bank wants to open an account for Christian church. I got. <clears throat> I uh, called Pastor Scott, and I want him. I told them I want to meet you very bad. And I went, went, went for lunch and I told him the story. I told him, we cannot do anything for that church unless we have a bank account for the church. And nobody wants to take us. So he prayed about it after five hours. Five hours. I got a call from the pastor in that church said there is a bank open an account for that church. That the first miracle.
0: Next, next slide, Troy. Um, this is Samir and I sitting at the doorway into it. This is a beautiful thing. When you have to realize these are girls that have been raised in the church. They're in a Muslim world. It's extremely dangerous. This is, a, this is a place where there are those who are watching over them. There's a family that keep, keeps track of them. They have a bunch of ground rules. They've got to be in by nine. Uh, they have to be believers. They have to come from churches. Samir really did his homework and helped them design this, but these girls are protected. Uh, next slide. Um, we had a little ribbon-cutting ceremony to, to launch it. The man um, on the right there, I think, right? I'm looking left here. I don't know. In the blue, he's... He, message, And he's one of the caretakers, and Pastor Gurgis is on the far left of the red shirt there, and then Gina, Samir, and I there. And so we shared a little bit of scripture, uh, encouraged a bunch of the girls there. Next slide, Troy. Um, This was a picture of a few of the girls that weren't at class that were there that day. And so we got to pray with them, encourage them. They are so sweet. These girls are all in their 20s. Um, They're all studying, 1920s, twenty one. Uh, they're all studying to get degrees. Very, there not much jobs in Egypt. Uh, and there are, but they just work for $5 a day or something like that. Um, but they are sweet girls. They love the Lord. We had great conversations. Some of them spoke decent English, so we were able to talk with them. Uh, next slide. Um, after that, uh, we saw our first look at the Nile. Um, really, we actually had lunch here. Uh, Egypt, if, if there's no Nile, there's no...
1: There is no land. <laughs> yeah, there's just nothing, right?
0: There's no Egypt. And it is an amazing place. Next slide. This is where we met up with a team of guys. The guy at the very far end is our driver, Osama. Osama. Osama, Osama was great. Uh, man, he, he owned a taxi cab and he could drive, man. Sometimes <laughs> we were on the on the sidewalk, sometimes <laughs> we were splitting lanes of truck it, it was great. I loved every minute of it. Um, and, and then the gentleman on the right in the tie, that is uh, Pastor Sadek. He was my translator for the week. Um, hadn't translated in 10 years. Wow. I, I didn't know something. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he told me. <laughs> the first night out, I could tell. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was a, he's a dear brother, has a church about 60 miles away. About, yeah. Yeah, yes. That's the closest church in relationship with Pastor Gurgis. That's Pastor Gurgis there to his right, to his left. Um, and what sweet men. And that was kind of the start as we began to plan the week and all the teaching that was going to go on. And this boat is called the sea boat. Sea for Christian, but they don't use the word Christian because they're in the Muslim country. But yes. it's a bunch of Christians who own this and it gets rented out for weddings and, and they have great food there. And we were able to eat there. Did you want to say Yeah, something this there?
1: boat in the middle, in the Nile River, yeah. and you see an island there, and you can see the other end of the Nile River.
0: Next slide there. Just some, just some pictures here of life once you get down towards Hoare, and in that area it's a very farming community, but very poor. Uh, this is very typical, washing clothes. Um, in the waters there it's it's far it 's third world. Smear told me it was fourth world in some cases. <laughs> um, next slide. This is now at the church. this is on top of the church. They had finished the little steeple here, and uh, they were pretty proud of this little steeple and uh, as this church is very old and has been rebuilt a lot they wouldn 't let the Muslim brotherhood wouldn't let them rebuild the church so they they built a new church kind of inside the old walls. And, and now it's an amazing building, as you'll see in some of these slides. Next slide. Uh, this is just a slide from on top. I think Gina took this one. Gina, you want to talk about the on top of these buildings?
2: Uh, so that's where they keep their animals. Um, that's three or
0: four stories high. There, yeah,
2: three or four stories high. And the limit is you see that rebar that's up there. That's just in case they want to build another story, and they can build up to six. They have they do have a kind of a building code up to six uh, stories. But you, that's where they keep their animals. Um, the manure that they gather there is um, packed into um, brick so that they can burn it um, when it gets a little cooler in the winter. So, but very interesting. They have their chickens and goats. And I don't know if I've seen any cattle up there, but there is at least some semi-big Again, animals. Again, a very poor area.
0: Yeah. The streets are dirt. This is not like Cairo or Luxor or any other places that we went. It's a very, very poor community.
2: Dusty, dusty, dusty. dusty. Yeah,
0: and lots of donkeys and wagons and so forth. Um, But by God's grace, Christians always eat well. This was breakfast every morning. Uh, We we had some dear people who made sure we ate really well, this, uh, this was my favorite meal. It was delicious. Breakfast was my favorite meal. <laughs> I, I loved breakfast. Um, yeah. There was fresh jam, raw honey. Um, honey. Molasses
2: Yeah, molasses.
0: Uh, this bread, what was that bread called in the middle there? You I mean the was, big bread peta, or the... You know, it's it's like a, a pita bread, bread type yeah. thing. And then there was that flat...
1: Yeah, they call it uh, Egyptian loaf or Egyptian...
0: I don't know what it was, but I ate a ton of it, (laughs) you know, threw the diet out the window because you get so hungry over there. And uh, anyway, uh, that was breakfast um, there. Now this picture I absolutely love and Samir doesn't, but I love it (laughs) because I said, Samir, you got to let me take this picture. This is his grandfather on the far left there. That, this is 1800s. This is a man who came to know the Lord Jesus Christ and planted a church in a Muslim world. So much that the Muslims hated him. They sought to kill him. One day he was coming through the cornfields and the men had set a trap for him, loaded their guns, jumped out, pointed him at his, at his head. Both guns went off but did not fire. The Muslims thought that he was greatly protected by God and said they wanted to build a mosque in his name. <laughs> God protected this church from the beginning. And so I love this because this is, this is his grandfather in the far left. That's his father in the middle. And then, of course, Samir here, 133 years of ministry here in this church in, in Hoare. And uh, Samir's father passed away when, what, you were 13 or so? Yeah. yeah. Yes. 13? Yeah, I
1: was 13.
0: And he told me that I was the first English speaker in there since you were about 10 Yes. So without giving your age away, that's, you know, like 70 years. (laughs) Much more than that, actually.
1: (laughs) I I have no comments about that. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) No comments. So what a privilege. I, I mean, I, you know, you just feel honored to go into a place like that, that has that kind of history of men that have suffered so greatly for so long and people who have lived on nothing to stand in their pulpit and preach, I, I tell you, I, I just I felt so blessed, and uh, what a joy. But anyway, I think that's a precious picture, and um, I think there's just history. There's 133 years of the gospel being protected by those three men. Um, this is inside the building. This building has been rebuilt inside. Samir had his hand in a lot of uh, the design of this. It's the original the, building, right?
1: Yeah, that the original church, yeah.
0: But you brought a lot of updates to it and made it more secure and...
1: Air conditioned and... All
0: that. Air conditioned yeah. and, and, um, and so, of course, that's Samir in the far left, Gina and I. And then this is Pastor Gerges and his wife, Rania. Did I get that right? Rania, yes. What a great couple. Um, you know, when we, when we support particularly preachers and men around the world, you know, we're, we're looking for men that are going to be faithful godly men and love the word. And boy, did we find a guy here in this. Uh, when you get done spending time with him, you just walk away and say, I want to be like him. <laughs> he, he is just a godly young man. They have uh, three children, one little boy, three or four years old, and, and, and two twins that are three months old. And we got to hold them quite a bit and spend time with yeah. them. Next slide. This is a picture uh, with the twins and and uh, Pastor Gerges and Rania, and Samir's 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 like a grandfather around there. Uh, they they love him. Next slide. Uh, services began. We we worked morning and night, and sometimes in the afternoons doing all kinds of things. Uh, Samir had got this arranged for us, so that we had translation when things were going on when I wasn't teaching. So. Uh, someone would be in our ear telling us what they were singing, uh, Bible, the scripture reading. They were reading the scripture right then so we could hear what passage in English. Uh, remember, everything's in Arabic, and there's, uh, there's, let's see, four of us that spoke English probably in the building, and they're all in that picture.
2: And that language, you can't even pick out any kind of thing yeah. close, remotely close to English. It's all totally different. It's
0: completely yeah. different and very, very difficult. So, uh, But Samir, he, Samir, you should see him go. It's so funny because Samir would be chatting with us. He'd be going back and forth. And pretty soon, he's talking to Gina and I in Arabic and talking to the other people. We're
2: going, Samir, English, (laughs) English,
0: English. English. But he would flip it around. And he did such a great job. I mean, he really, God really used him. Next slide. Uh, They love to sing. Just, you know, it's interesting. You find people who love the word, love Christ, and they love to sing. And what a joy we had singing with them. We clapped mainly because we didn't know any of the words. Uh, They sang How Great Thou Art one night, and we were able to kind of hum along with that one, Uh, but what a joy to hear that Arabic. Next slide. Just a picture of the building just packed out. There's a courtyard behind that, and there would be tons of people in there. Uh, One night, they told us they had 150 children um, in children's ministry that night that they were because they just couldn't fit the kids in there, so it was adults. You'll notice this is all women because this is the women's side over there. The guy right behind me is the cutoff line, and the women all sat on what would have been my right side from the pulpit, the left side of the building, and the men on the other one. Next slide. Keep an eye on me, make sure I'm on the same ones. Um, This is just another angle uh, here. This dear brother, he is a godly man. Um, He's a pharmacist. Osama. This is Osama, too. Uh, and he has a pharmacy there. And he has, you know, and because of that, he has, he, you know, he's a little more well-off than the, probably the average person there. But sweet man, sweet family. They're actually coming to Virginia here in a few months. Yes. Has a brother yes. here. So we've asked them to come stay with us. Uh, um, but you can see, again, the women there. And then all of a sudden, it changes over to uh, the men over there. Next slide. Just some more pictures. Oh, I think this is movies. Um, go to the next one. This is graduation. Yeah, and there was a graduation we ended up doing too. Um, a bunch of the young people graduated from high school and had graduated from college. So they asked me to speak at that. And then Samir and Gina and I got to hand out diplomas and all kinds of stuff. It was just a great night. Um, I think it was really encouraging.
1: As a matter of fact, the graduation is supposed to be before we go in June. They postponed it because you're coming.
0: Yeah. I mean, again, oh my. I mean, I was just so humbled to be with these dear people. Next slide. Um, Just, again, more pictures of people who would come out to hear the word being preached.
1: That depends side. Yeah, the boy side.
0: The boy side, yeah. That's the boy side. Um, There's Samir he got up and gave a great charge to the church. He introduced Gene and I and gave a bit of our testimony and uh, just uh, talked about the church here in Riverbend. And uh, uh, one of the things that you learn when you're with Samir in his country is he's very honored there. Uh, uh, it was really a joy to be with him, and particularly in the Christian world, they all know who he is. And uh, they really uh, honor him, and uh, uh, it was just a joy to watch it. But it wasn't only then. We would go to a restaurant, and I, I didn't see tons of older Egyptian men out on the streets or around, but we would show up at a restaurant, and immediately they'd recognize Samir, not, not knowing him, but honor him because of his age, and pretty soon we got a great table and all kinds of stuff. It was actually really beneficial. <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> uh,
0: but, but it's just that society really honors the elderly. And, um, and, and Samir just really shined over there. And what a joy to have been with him. Uh, next slide. This was the graduation. Uh, they notice they have all their diplomas and a little kind of plaque thing that we were given out. And we shook their hands and prayed for them. Um, it was just a really good night. Uh, I got to preach uh, the message to them. And uh, what a great time. Next slide. Um, this was a night after one of the sessions that we had upstairs. This is on top. I'll show you a picture of this later. Uh, they they have built an apartment type building up alongside. It was actually built over the top of where Samir used to live. On the uh, his, sixth floor. Yeah, six floors of this. This is up on top, and these these are the college age kids and. We just got to spend the evening with them. They, they, I'll show you what they did here in a minute for me. But, uh, and this is just a portion of them. Right before everybody was leaving, we grabbed some of them and took a picture with them. But
2: And they love to take pictures. Oh, they did. They, loved.
0: they, they, loved they loved to love to take it. pictures. And they were the most delightful crossroaders that spoke Arabic. And um, some of you crossroaders, you've you, you got to tell me. You, you want to go overseas, you've got to tell me. Uh, we, we need to get you connected to this and learn, you, you just love these people, and they're, they're just so delightful. We had a great great time. Next slide. So somehow, and Samir, I don't know if this is your doing, they figured out it was my birthday. I got on a plane the day before my birthday. I said, great, I got out of Riverbend with nobody, no one, it was my birthday. It was great. <laughs> Not happening. Um, they had this cake made. the
1: least we can do for you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And they took the picture off our website and made this. So we had a cake up there with them. They're just very sweet. And uh was, was a great night. Next slide. Now, this is Pastor Siddharth. This is him and I spending a lot of time together. Um, there are a lot of theological terms, a lot of t- preaching in the Bible in terms that they just don't have that word. And when you're preaching along and you use a word and you look over him and he looks at you like... I have no idea what that is. Um, You're quickly on the fly translating your translation. And then he's thinking about that word and trying to find an Arabic word that means the same and to get it out. And it's extremely challenging. I I was so tired after everyone because I had to think so hard because on the fly I was translating what I would normally say, breaking it down and down and down so he knew what I was saying so he could break it down so that this group could hear. And probably there's probably a fair amount of people that are somewhat illiterate. Most of them are farmers. They go to school for a few years and then they go work in the farms. So it's, it's a different group. So Pastor Sadek, very godly man, loved him to death. Um, him and I would spend a lot of time working through passages I was preaching on, terms, talking about uh, everything from the doctrines of grace to justification. Uh, how we were going to say those things, and him and I just really hit it off, and by the end, we were really clicking. And uh,
1: Yes, I can't see that.
0: Yeah, we were flying along, and uh, uh, it's always great when you can speak, and he translates, and you speak, and translate, and you really get in a rhythm together so it doesn't bog everything down, and we got there, and we got there. It was a little rough start the first night, but uh, uh, we were able to do that. I, I you know, pray for this man. He's about 60 miles away from Pastor Gerges, he has a great church that's evangelical, very godly, very like minded church. Um, but again, they're very much alone. There's no, you know, they don't have a lot of churches like we do. Um, next slide. These are just some slides of him translating with me um, up on the stage here. Next slide. Jesus away.
3: Jesus is the head of the church.
0: He's the head of the church in Egypt, and he's the
3: head of the church in America. So together we
0: serve our master, the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. So their Arabic language we noticed was quite a bit different in the tone and the Accent. accent than yeah. like Morocco. Yes,
1: it's very hard to uh, learn it.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It almost had a German type of sound at times with it and uh, French to it, um, but very different than where the stringers are. Uh, uh, so, though speaking the same language, they the, I mean, it's like people from Tennessee and Florida and California and so forth. So, um, uh, but fascinating to listen to and try to pick up Okay, that's the word for justification? Wow. Uh, but Samir said, he's, I, I said, Samir, is he saying what I'm saying? And, and so it was great to have Samir there to make sure that the truth I was teaching was coming across. And again, Samir said he's very accurate. He's working very hard to, to stay up with you. Yeah, he was
1: very accurate.
0: He was accurate. for sure. All right, next slide uh, there. Again, just another p- picture, another night of preaching away together Um oh okay we're on what number are you i'm on 23.4 are you on it now okay i must have got ahead of you gina also um got to teach she got a chance to teach with the ladies and this was her transit again finding people who could transit been nice if she would had a woman but uh so this is joseph you want to talk about joseph for a minute
2: yeah. Uh, he was a, a, a young college student, and he was amazing as an, as an interpreter. Uh, he actually, I think, wa- was going to go into pharmacy, but now he said, I want to do um, linguistics, because he really loved English. So you could tell. and he, And it was the very first time he had translated. And he did marvelous, so yeah. it, was, it was really nice. We
0: actually met with Pastor Gurgis about him. He has an aspirations for ministry, and um, we offered, hey, if he wants to come to America, we will put him up here, won't we, church? And we will school him and send him back. This is what they need. This is what they need. These young men, um, they're in desperate of need of this, and I would love to have this young man here, put him through our seminary, and then send him back, um, uh, next picture uh, this is just a picture of Gina she's with, she's with the gals they're reading scripture and standing 26 next picture um, Gina with, this, is in the, this would be in the morning all the men would be out working in the fields and the women would work in the mornings to get things going and they would come and listen to Gina as she taught them next slide again just a picture I think Gina took this of, of the gals that would come in the mornings uh, next slide there's the blonde bombshell. She's, one thing, she's also taller than everybody. And, um, but you can see how different she looks uh, over there. You just didn't see anybody who was blonde. I mean, there's just, you know, Americans. We just didn't see any Americans down there at all. Um, next slide, 29. And this, is again, Gina and Joseph. Next slide. Um, they had a little nursery there, and um, they would watch the kids while the services were going on. They have a daycare there as well. And some of the kids come... Uh, They're they're so much like us in a lot of ways, do a lot of the same ministries, um, but just in a very poor community. Next slide. I want to just let you hear them sing a little bit. Very gifted, instrumental, and very gifted. fun to watch them and watch them worship we just didn't know any other words of course Samir singing along over there but, um, but like any believers they love to express themselves to their Lord uh, next slide uh, during the day between meetings go to 32 you there went you too One far good. okay um, th- this are the elders of the church Um, who pastor with Pastor Gerges. Um, These are dear men. Uh, We had just a great time talking about the struggles. I asked them what are their most difficult struggles. They're very similar to our kind of struggles of people desiring to to worship, desiring to serve, desiring to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. And so we we talked about those challenges. We talked about a lot of things that were just very encouraging. I, I love this kind of time with these type of men and Pastor Sadek was right there with me and translating for me. Um, next slide, 33. Um, this is more, men, more of the elders that were with us that day. That's Pastor Gerges there, he, was, he would jump in and, and help. We you know, we'd just get in a dialogue, whether we were talking about the doctrine of justification or uh, you know, what it means by Christ alone, those type of conversations. I was wanting to know that this is what they believed, that they were teaching the thing, same things we were teaching and it was interesting because you know Samir is very knowledgeable as well. And he would jump in. And so now there's this conversation going. It's all in Arabic. And I'm hearing them go back and forth. And, and what, a, what a neat time. I enjoyed these times. We'd sit there for two or three hours just working through issues together. Slide 34. Um, then they'd bring some of their families in and some of the other leaders uh, that work with children and others. Slide 35. Um, some of the youth came in, youth workers and youth, and I was able to spend time with them, um, encouraging them. There are some moms with some children there, um, all serving in children's ministries and women's ministries and doing all kinds of things like we do, uh, just encouraging these, these folks along. 36. This is a very important picture here. If you look right... Oh, I forgot to bring my, my clicker. Right above Samir, it goes straight up. There's a building. Um, I'm doing it on mine like it's going to show up there. Um, with, the, with, the roof. with that roof up there. Uh, just right above, there's kind of a metal roof you can see up. That's the church. This, this piece of land is about two or three blocks over from there. Um, the church has purchased this piece of land. And their goal is to build a factory there for all these girls that are going to college that get out and have no work. And they're going to, yes. what are they going to do with that, Samir?
1: yeah because there is no much not much an opportunity for the girls, even after they graduate from college and they wanna stay with their family, therefore the they said the best way or the best uh project we can do for them is train these girls uh to work by hand and do clothes and they sell it. And it will be good for the community, good for the girls, good for the church.
0: So this is a piece of land they've almost paid off, and I think this is something that me we might be able to get involved in if uh, some of you want to do this, to help them build a building here and start, they're going to start with a single floor, get get the gals where they can uh, sew clothes, and it's just such a need. Clothing is a a real need there, and it would be a great niche uh, for these wonderful young ladies. Uh, Slide 37. It will
1: be paid for within three years. And they're going to start the building after that.
0: Yeah. So they're close to paying off the land. Um, This is just the reverse view uh, going out to the street out there. Slide 38. Uh, I call this guy the gatekeeper. He just, uh, (laughs) he was great. I can't remember his name, but he's just (laughs) a sweet man. He he opened the gates. Everything's locked down there. You know, it's in a Muslim world. It's a Christian church. So there's a lot of security and he, he, he was always cleaning a car or opening a gate or he just was a great guy and I wanted a picture with him. Um, the next picture, slide 39, uh, once we left Cairo and made our way south um, by law, we had to have security with us because we were Americans and um, in this Muslim world here. And so we had security with us all the time. We're not sure if it was helpful or not or it brought more attention. Uh, yeah, especially when they put their sirens on as we're going down yes. these little yeah. courtyards, and you know, and here we are. there's oh. the white guys. Shoot them. And uh, <laughs> so anyway, but we, you know, we tried to be kind to them and give them things, and they, they were outside the door of the church all the time. Now, this next slide, go ahead and play this, Troy. Oh, I think there's some commentary. What
4: are I give you money?
0: This is just outside the church building. So you kind of get an idea that's all very poor, very dirt. Next, next. This uh, village. Very busy around here, always in the morning. Lots of burros, donkeys. We're going on another uh, trip to see uh, part of the local area, then come back and we'll teach more uh, this afternoon. There's the love of Miss Gina. The children are completely uh, enamored with Gina's blonde hair. They saw constantly girl. want to come near her. These are our police. They're always over with us. And right here. Great for their protection.
1: Nice police car,
0: huh? <laughs> Even though I think it draws more attention to us. What were you going to say, Samir? Uh,
1: this village... There is not one street is paved. not one street. that's how I tell you. This. It is very far away. It's about three miles from the western uh, desert in Egypt.:
0: Next slide, 40.3 there. Okay this is right in front of the church here. This is just typical. Uh, this is every morning go to the farms most of the time. It's um, very. Very, very rural and very poor. And not much room for cars and people. Our police are always protecting us. This is another entrance into the church here. That's the church building.
4: We stayed in an apartment We stayed up
0: in those apartments. That's the top of that room. The entryway off the side. Of the church, but it's all dirt roads. This is 133 year old in Cairo buildings. That's Pastor Gurkus. He's a dear man, dear brother, and my beautiful wife. Next slide. Okay, this is the woman door. This is how the women enter. So the women, you go in one door. The men go in another door. That door down there. The men come in. And. When I'm preaching, the women are all on my right of the pulpit, where my view is, and the men are all on the left. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's a little bit unique, I think, in the Arab world. Next one. It's a typical day. That's what you would hear in the morning. Them all leaving town with their donkeys and horses and headed out to work. Next slide. This was downtown, man. This was where it was happening. Actually, I think that's in Minya. Is that in Minya? Yes. This is
1: the city which the university is. That's uh, one of the streets. It is not a big city, but it had the university in it.
2: And did you go to the university there in Minya or Cairo? Pardon me? Did you go to the university in Minya
0: or in Cairo? For you, Cairo. 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 You went to high school in Minya, right?
1: Uh, Cairo University. But what about I went to high school in this uh, city?
4: Yeah.
0: Next slide. You just, you just could not keep track of things. Your mind, what was going? There was always
2: something to look at when (laughs) you were
0: going down the street. Very different. uh, 41. But when you get close to the Nile. It is the most luscious place you've ever been around. And from a farming guy, a ranching guy, oh my goodness, the soil was phenomenal. Forty two. This is a little video. That's the Nile and just the banks of it. I mean, isn't that beautiful? It's go out we're standing we're standing by a church called Church of the Holy Family. Um, remember uh, that Jesus and Joseph and Mary fled King Herod. So the Coptic church believes that they have discovered most of the places that they stayed at for the number of years they were down there. It's hard to know exactly how many years they were down there. They, we know they returned when Herod died. We have a pretty good idea what, when he died. Um, but they would, have, they would have gone deep down into Egypt. And now, we don't know that they actually were here, but this is what the Coptic church believes. Um, and so everywhere they think they were they built a church uh, of and course. And there was 27 spots that Yeah know, 27 Egypt, different spots. Which are
2: 27 different churches. But, but
0: again whether they were here or not it is an understanding that you begin to understand that God again once again used Egypt to protect Christ. He protected the seed of Christ with the nation of Egypt particularly Judah the son of Jacob as they came into the land of Goshen and then all those succeeding generations behind there were protected in the land of Egypt for the Christ to come. So he has used Egypt in an amazing way. Next slide, 43. Now, all you have to do is get a few miles away from that, and this is where you're at. <laughs> uh, I mean, it literally goes from the greenest, luscious country you've ever been in to this. Um, and this, next slide, 44. The, uh, one of the mornings we got this after we met with some people, we snuck away for a couple of hours, and... This was a federal park or state park of some sort, but nobody comes there. No, no tourists are there. But they took us out here, and it was just an amazing place. And there was tons of uh, tombs that have been undone uh, that they've dug out there. And uh, we got to see some amazing things here where without all the crowds. Forty-five. This was a seventeen-year-old girl. Uh, she's mummified here. They found her tomb. Here, she she her dad was the governor of Menya, uh, and so she fell in love with a young boy across the river, across the tracks. Was not part of the wealthy, and her father forbid her to do it. And all the stories written in the wall of her tomb. We're standing in her tomb, and some guy had a key, let us in. Nobody sees this stuff. This is out. In, this is not in the tourist track. And her whole story is written on the walls uh, in hieroglyphics and. And even in her dad's handwriting, and she, because her dad would not let her marry him, she drowned herself in the Nile. And he wept his rest of his life over it, and her story's right there. It's been buried for thousands of years, and all of a sudden they just found her there. And uh, so this was, that, that was uh, just fascinating to kind of see that. 46, uh, this is the church of the Holy Family. Um, again, I don't, they don't have a lot of, I don't know they have tons of services, but there was a priest there. Next slide, 47. Oh, this is Samir. He's in the cave where they believe Jesus and Joseph and Mary stayed. So I said, Samir, get in there. I'll take a picture of you. And uh, and so they may have. We don't know. But uh, but it's fun to kind of think that the Christ child was there. It was kind of fun to think that that possibly was there. He was in the area somewhere, 48 um, this is me with the priest. This is a, Cop- a Coptic priest. Um, we're in their church, so we have their- our shoes off, and uh, he was nice enough to at least talk with us, and uh, I think he was happy to greet me because he knew who I was, and so we, we talked a little bit, or they talked in Arabic, and I acted like I understood. 49. Um, this was a great meeting. This guy here just his name evades me. Do you remember his name? I have his card on my desk. He is the head of the evangelical church in Egypt. Um, he sits on a council with a bunch of other men, and he took about three hours out of his time to meet with Samir and I and Pastor Gers and Gina, and we had the best conversations. They have a Presbyterian type of background, but yet they have left all the bad stuff of the Presbyterian, and they, we really had great discussions about the doctrines of grace, about salvation through Christ alone. We, we had just good discussions, and he was very encouraged that we had come, very encouraged that we were um, sharing the gospel in the churches. Uh, just had a great time. Next slide, 50. And that, and that
2: was back in Cairo, right? This
0: was back in Cairo. Now we're back in Cairo here. This is him. We're standing here in his office. Uh, just the sweetest hospitality and uh, just had a great time together. 50.2. Um, this, this is back in horror. I got these out of order just a little bit. At the last night we preached, and the last night we were there, they allowed everybody to greet us. Um, there's something special about that they, it, can you yes, explain? Yes, it.
1: it is very important to shake hands with the pastor. It's a blessing.
0: So we shook hands for half an hour, 45, never stopped, just hand after hand after hand, you know, little children. Just such a sweet time. Next slide. Um, I made Samir get back there with us. They love Samir; he's a rock star. Um, and uh, next one, 50, 50. 4. Just, just picture after picture of them just shaking hands. Fifty point five. Next one, point six. That man I'm shaking hands with—that's one of the elders there. Uh, we just—we we can't talk each other's language, but when you looked at each other, we looked at each other, and just—it was just a, a real. Uh, kindred spirit. Um, uh, when I met with them, I, I, I can't. I can't quite explain all that. Uh, Fifty-one. We leave town now. We're leaving. Um, we're leaving Horn, headed back to Cairo, and so we have to have our police escort. So there's one of those in front of us and one of those behind us, and the sirens are blazing, and we're going down the highway. Uh, <laughs> it was quite an experience. Uh, Fifty-two. Um, we got in a hotel on the Nile here in Cairo. Remember the Nile's flowing north; it's like the St. Johns. So we're north now. We were south, but the but the Nile's flowing. So just absolutely beautiful there. Fifty three, um, and then we woke up one morning right next to those two guys. <laughs> um, very smoggy uh, in in Cairo. They that you know that environmental summit was going on where we're there, but it was down in. Um, Sh- Sherem, Sherem, Sherem El Sheikh, uh, it, which is the most beautiful place in the world. and No smog. That's where they hold it. <laughs> and of course, Cairo's is full of trash and, and smog. But anyway, uh, so we, we, now we got to kind of get on a little bit of a tour here. This is a lifelong dream of my wife. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I was glad to tag along and have her tell me about everything. Um, so I preached a lot the first week, and then we ended up on this 54. Uh, there we are, right out of Cairo in the main, these main pyramids. Um, what an amazing experience. These things are 4,000 years old. Uh, uh, 55. Uh, this is Gene and I inside. Samir was smart enough not to go with us.
1: <laughs> I tried it before.
0: Yeah. So picture yourself bent over for a quarter of a mile climbing straight up.
2: And with somebody going the other way, yeah. too. So
0: it's and it's very, 150 very narrow. degrees.
2: It's hot and there. You're just
0: dripping and you're rubbing wet sweaty people. <laughs> and all of a sudden you get in this tomb. And you gotta remember, they built this thing so long ago. These blocks are solid granite. They're about twelve feet by twelve feet. They tons. They're pol- it's polished in there. And this I'm, we're leaning our my hand is there is on the sarcophagus where the two where his Sarcophysis would have been down inside, so it held His it. Burial chamber, His burial chamber. burial chamber here or of this particular pharaoh or whoever he was. 56. King Cheops. So Fu. this happened I don't know how many times. <laughs> Samir and I are minding our business, walking along, looking at a camel, and then they see Gina. And, um, <laughs> and this, next slide, and it wasn't just the boys, I mean the girls. <laughs> They thought, boy, you know.
2: And I didn't notice that man (laughs) stuck his head in there until after the picture was taken. It was all. I did. (laughs) It was. um, They were. They were field trips. So there was a teacher and all the all the kids that were running around. But that that, was kind of hilarious. They thought that was, you
0: know. (laughs) My wife has taught. Ancient Egypt history, her whole life, um, to and when she taught in the school system, and then to her own boys, and so she, she just loved this. Notice the camels in the background and next horses. Next
4: slide,
0: no, for him. Oh, next slide. Oh, are you on this one, 58? Now he is. Yeah. Okay, fifty-eight. You can see the camels and the horses in the background, and you can see the pyramids as they get smaller as they go away from you. There, um, these are just amazing structures that are still standing to this day. They were not stupid people. They're extremely smart. And I'm going to get into that in a little bit as we get to Moses' training. 59, um, you've all seen pictures of this. Um, we stood right there of the Sphinx, and um, pretty amazing. You're standing there going, that's really real, and it's huge. Uh, so uh, pretty cool um, stuff. Six, uh, 60, we took a little horse ride. That horse named was Michael Jordan. He needed tons of hay and oats, but they don't have that, so they're very thin, and I felt bad for the horse, even him have to pull my, myself up there. 61. Um, now we're down in Luxor. We flew down to Luxor and then got on a boat in, and traveled down the Nile to uh, Aswan. But we stopped at this. We stopped at a lot of temples, but we wanted to show you this one. This is uh, Karnak?
2: Karnak Temple. Karnak Temple. Now, this yeah, is a very
0: it, important temple. Uh, this is where Joseph would have been trained. Now, remember, Joseph gets pulled out of the Nile, right, as a baby. He's given back to his mother for... How about Moses? Excuse me. Moses, sorry. <laughs> Joseph was in this area. I'm going to get to him in a minute. Um, so Moses is pulled out of the water. Um, he's, now he spends 40 years in Egypt. Then he spends 40 years in Midian. And then he spends 40 years walking around the wilderness with the children of Israel. So three 40-year periods. The first 40 years, he was trained by the greatest minds of Egypt. And I, I think sometimes we forget that because it's just this little blurb within the Bible. But these, these men, their architectural design, their engineering is incredible. I don't know that anybody else in the room could do what they do. And, and this,
1: this... This temple called the Karnak, it is the biggest religion temple in the world.
0: Yeah, seven hundred acres. The yeah, temple 700 acres. covered seven hundred acres.
2: I wanted to stay in it for a long time. Yeah, yeah that was really good. We finally
0: nice. had to go. Uh, next slide sixty two. Which time? Is, now listen to this, turn 14, this up, 14, Troy. 14, 46. Right, 14, 46. This is our tour guide, Mito.
3: How old the Moses when he do that? 40, 40, 40, 40. Eighty. It's been the forty year in the palace, forty year in the land of Midian, right? Yeah. So he was 80 years old. So by this way, we know when Moses had been born. So could you please add 80 years to 1446? 1526. That is the time when Moses had been born. So by this way, we could know who is
0: the Pharaoh who the order to kill Moses. And who is the daughter who killed Moses? Okay. So a lot of people think that Ramses was the Pharaoh. What he's doing, and I didn't believe that either, because I said in my Bible, Ramses was not the Pharaoh when, when um, Moses was there. Um, he's proving who the Pharaoh was, which are Bibles, and he's using the Bible to do it. He's had them read some verses that say the year of this um, this particular king came to rise, and he's going back to show when when Moses was here in this in this temple, and when he would have been trained, and what Pharaoh it was. And who Moses' Egyptian mom is? All right, go ahead and pick it up.
3: This out from the water of the river I Agree on that. So, 1526. You see this obelisk, and it has a nice cartouche in the center there, and another cartouche. Look familiar on the way in Washington? Out. Those two cartouches, when we read it, it give us the name of the one who gave the order to kill Moses. And this man, his name is Tutmosis First. Tutmosis First. Keep this name in your mind. Tutmosis First. How do you spell that? T H O M U S. Tutmosis S E S. Tutmosis First. Tutmosis is the one who give the order to kill Moses. And then he has a son. Yes, but from a secondary wife, not from the official wife. From his official wife, he has only one lonely daughter. And he loved her so much. And he raised her to be his heir, his successor. Moses' mom, And this daughter, when she was going out to the River Nile to swim and take a shower in the River Nile, she find a basket. She know very well who is inside the basket is not an Egyptian boy. She know very well that it's the command of her father to kill the boy. But God using her as a tool in his hand and make her fell in love with this boy, and she never do any harm to him. But actually, she take him out of the water of the river Nile and take him to the palace. And that's why the name Moses, meaning Son of the water, for the one who had been pulled out from the water. Mu, meaning water. Sa, meaning son. Es, it's an addition in that when we pronounce it in Greek language. So if we call him with an Egyptian language, it will be Musa, who became in Hebrew, Moshe, which has the same meaning. Moshe in Hebrew, meaning the one who had been pulled out from the water. That is how she called him. And then she take him to the palace. He stayed in the palace for 40 years. During that time, he became a prince of Egypt. So he has his educational level as a prince of Egypt inside the royal school, inside the great temple, which is the temple of El Karnak Temple. Where we are now, where those four pillars, it was having like a big enclosure wall and the entrance was from here. And this one is the royal school of the royal princess in Egypt. So Moses might be sitting down here, leaning in one of those stones or one of those pieces of, of, of pillars. And he is having a papyrus paper in his hand and a pen in his hand. And he's writing down all the science and knowledge of Egypt. From here, he got the wisdom of
4: Egypt.
3: He stayed here for 40 years. Where did the palace come to this side? Which time?
0: When you start to think about that and all of the the inscriptions and the building of the tabernacle and all the things that went into what Moses went on to do as God instructed him, God had Egypt train him in those ways so he could use him. And it, I'll tell you what, it was quite fascinating that this is possibly standing on the same places where Moses stood. And as he got trained for all those years, and, and I don't know, you know, you read, that, read that story, it isn't, Moses doesn't really get right with God until he's in front of that burning bush after he spent 40 years in the Midian desert. Uh, and so he's very Egyptian in a lot of ways. And he, remember, he kills the guard and then he flees and all of those things. Uh, we really don't see him start to pursue God till that burning bush experience. But he's very Egyptian. He's very trained. Most likely, they believed he would have been sent to military training as well. And so when we start to see the nation of Israel fight, they they have a leader who understood warfare as well. So God really used Egypt in a lot of ways. 53 there, next slide. This is an interesting statue. So this would have been the pharaoh of the, mother, the Egyptian mother of Moses. Now, when they built these statues, you always would find the woman behind him. The, the wife. The, but the this side. is not the wife. Right. This is the daughter. He, remember, he, the, the guide said he loved his daughter and was, that was the goal was to have her succeed him. So, but he had, this, he had this statue built with her in front of him which was very rare. We saw a lot of these statues and the wife would be behind them here. Now, what was her name?
2: Hatshepsut.
0: Yeah. So
2: Tutmosis the first
0: was the the Pharaoh. Yeah, Yeah. so Gina knows all this stuff better than I. But I thought that was fascinating. And I mean, this stuff is 4,000 years old. And look at it, you're standing there right there. I went up and leaned on it. Um, 64. We're back on the boat now, heading down to Aswan. It was incredible being on the Nile. That's kind of like our boat, going the other direction. Sixty-five. We are in King Tut's tomb. We're in the Valley of the Kings.
2: Sixty? How many?
0: They found sixty-three. Sixty-two kings are buried in Valley of the Kings. That they know. That writing is three to 4,000 years old. It's still, the colors are just phenomenal when you get in there. Um, I don't know what you did for Halloween, but look at this picture. 66.
4: There he is.
0: There he is. Your child king, 19 years old. King Tut. Now, let's get back to Moses. Uh, 67. This is his mom's, his Egyptian mom's temple that they believe Moses built this for her. This this is a long ways away. You cannot believe how big this thing is. Um, Now, it's not like a lot of the other temples. There's not a ton of gods in it and so forth. But they believe Moses architecturally designed this. Now, what's really fascinating about this, go to 68, is this. They found a tomb never used, and they believe it was Moses. When the princes, like Moses would have been a prince there, as they began to start to rule, even as young men, they would start a tomb and they would start to build it. And then it would be completed by the time whatever whatever they died and their life would be put on the walls in hieroglyphics and all the pictures and stuff that you see. Um, But this tomb is unfinished and no one was ever in it. And they believe it was Moses who started this for his own tomb, but of course God called him away, He ended up going to the wilderness, coming back 40 years old, 40 years later, and then leading the nation of Israel out of it. So it's quite fascinating, if that's true, that that would have been possibly Moses's thing. But when you find that architectural design, you begin to realize, man, Moses was really trained in a lot of these areas. Sixty-nine. Again, back on the boat, we would sail at night, do do tours during the day. Uh, Just incredible time. Uh, Not like our cruise ships. Don't think that. Think third world. Um, uh, But uh, but still a beautiful place. Seventy. We would stop at places like this. This was a rug factory, and this was an interesting rug factory. It was a carpet school. Carpet school. So a Christian man saw that the kids just don't go to school. They go a few years and they drop out and they go work in the farms and their parents just put them to work and they wouldn't have an education. So he made a carpet school where they would take them in, they would work for so many, they would go to school, work for so many hours, and they would pay them and provide for them, and there'd often be money for the family. And so this school has been around forever. There's quite a few of them now that this man started. And it's really worked. It's very difficult. We, we struggled with a little bit because you see these kids and they're making carpets. It, it,
2: you, yeah, because right when we first saw them, we saw these children working, and I just wanted to start crying. Um, but the, it was a Friday, which is their holiday, and they brought the kids in um, to, to demonstrate for us. Um, normally in the mornings for, like, the first three hours or so, they had schooling, so reading, writing, and arithmetic um, but then, in the afternoons, they would work on these rugs. It was kind of like a latch hook rug if you see at the the top where the pictures were was the pattern, and so they would just go by that pattern and up above on the very top, where you had some yarns dangling, uh, they would pull one of those down, and that would be the color that they would work on and they tied it very quickly and So these boys were ten, and then that one was a little brother he was five sitting there. Um, and, and they were doing it as fast as they could. So,
0: But they end up on the streets and unschooled, and so these men design these carpet schools is what they're called. And uh, so uh, really, really beautiful work. So in the next 71, um, Gina took a liking to this girl. She was very, very talented, And um, but she really loved taking a picture with Gina. Uh, there you see Samir in the background. Um, 72. Now, this is one of the places where they believe, were the storehouses of Joseph. Did you remember the video I sent on one Sunday morning? Okay, so this was the Pharaoh's tomb of Joseph's, the Pharaoh who loved Joseph. This was his tomb. This is not the Pharaoh who did not know Joseph. This is the Pharaoh who knew Joseph. Well, he built, remember, he built storehouses in many places throughout Egypt. Um, Next slide, you can start to see they're they're uncovering. They found 3,112 3, tubes, 10 feet high, 10 feet wide, 60 feet long. <laughs> we were with some, we met some very dear Christian friends on this trip. They're all grain farmers in British Columbia and Idaho. They started doing the math, on, and then they know what bushel what a bushel takes and what that would hold. And it is amazing what Joseph did. God really gave Joseph tremendous smarts. He dug a canal, brought canal. Not only was he putting grain away during those thin years, but he brought water into an area that had never had water before and was growing grain so he would have enough to feed the world. And, And to stand there was just really a special time to think how God used Joseph. Now think about this. Not only to protect the world, but the seed of Christ. Remember, God is protecting the line of Christ all the way through that time. Judah and his offspring are in that country now in Goshen, and they need food. And Joseph's there ahead of time doing all this. Look at 74. This was another place. This was outside of Aswan. Uh, No,
2: it was the Valley of the Kings outside. The Valley of Kings.
0: And this was another one of his storehouses. And so that's what they looked like. That's what they're uncovering in those other ones um, and there was at least three to four places around Egypt where Joseph had stored grain. And this is what they looked like. You could actually take a tour and go in there and see that we didn't. But we got to get a picture of it. Seventy-five. Now, finally, towards the end, we went to Mount Sinai. Probably my favorite. Gina was loving all the tombs and stuff like that. I, I'm, I'm wanting to know, God, what were you, I want to know what these people were going through. I'm preaching through this stuff. So this is me um, making my way up Mount Sinai. Now, in my mind, teaching through the Pentateuch, I'm thinking a nice sandy place and a nice little mountain. And, you know, there's Moses. He goes up. We'll be down here waiting for you. Go have a great time. Uh, it's, Moses was a mountain climber. This whole region is incredible. These, the, the top of this is 8,000 feet. And it's range after range after range. And now we don't know that this is Mount Sinai. The Egyptians are convinced of it. The, the Sunnis think there's some other place. There are, you know, who knows? But it was a cool experience to think possibly that this is where Moses 76. It starts down at the bottom. And, of course, there's a monastery there and a church. Yes, it's right. Because guess what's in this? The burning bush, they believe, is here. But this is where it all starts. We're about 4,000, 3,000 to 4,000 feet down here. And then you take off either on a camel. I chose to walk. Moses walked. I wanted to walk. Um, uh, so, most of the, not all the tour did. It was a very, very difficult climb. Even after you get done with a camel, the, the last mile is just incredibly difficult. Um, so, a lot of people didn't go. But you leave from here and you start up the mountain. But there's a monastery here. And inside the monastery is what they think the burning bush 77 it uh, is this...
1: uh, it is 670 steps up At you can top. go with the camel but when you come down you have to come down on your legs because the camel will be steep
0: yeah you can't ride the camel down you can ride it up I walked both ways this is again in the monastery here you see in the mountains in the back you just see how steep they are it's just incredibly steep 78 so there it is. And now, I mean, if they don't, they probably could put a halo over it if they could. Um, uh, who knows? Um, but there was no other bush like that. Uh, but anyway, they think it is. And, of course, there's a Greek Orthodox church and a Coptic church, and everybody's there and crazy stuff. Uh, 79. Now, this, this is one of two places where they think the nation of Of Israel would have been camped while Moses uh, was on the mountain. So you see that area down there, quite a ways back. Um, That's quite a large area. Uh, Easily could have held, the tabernacle could have been built there. Remember, That's what Exodus, they're all at the base of the mountain. All the instructions, Moses is going up and down. He's coming down with the Ten Commandments. He's coming down with instructions to build the tabernacle. All the rules and regulations for the priest and where people are, how how the tribes are to be set as we're in numbers right now in our Wednesday night study. Um, so if you're not coming to our Wednesday night, you need to come because this is really going to fuel my teaching. Um, but we just got done seeing how he set all the Levitical priests on, around the tabernacles and then what tribes are. So that could possibly be when they were Now, that's a long walk from there. It would have taken Moses a full day just to leave from there and walk to the top of that mountain where you're going to see me here in a minute. Um, and, 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 and as I look at that, I think it's possible as you go through that cut down there, we drove out that way. It, I don't know. It's 60, 100 miles back down to the Red Sea down there. It took forever to get down there. Let me say this. If I, was at the, if I was at the border of Canaan land, and even though I didn't believe and I was scared of the giants, I would not want to go back over those mountains. I would have said, well, let's just go in and die from the giants because I'm not climbing back over those mountains. But this is how hard-hearted they were. Um, and they ended up having to come back through here and down to the Red Sea. Uh, uh, slide 80. Oh, I, I put this picture in there. Uh, these folks might be watching tonight, um, uh, Brian, Rob, and, and uh, Bruce and their wives. Uh, these um, uh, are Mennonites, of course, you can tell, but dear friends, we really got to really enjoy them. We had very good theological discussions together. We're actually very like-minded in many areas. and. Uh, We had the best time together with these people. This is at at the base of the mountain. 81. Um, I made it to the top. My guide wouldn't let me go. He wanted me to stay with these other few walkers. Everyone else was riding camels, but man, I wanted to go. I wanted to get there. I wanted to see the sun set up there. Finally, he let me go, and I took off, and it was a five-mile climb straight up this thing. There's a church on top. I'm huffing and puffing, but here you can. Sunset.
4: Oh, my goodness, I made it.
0: Is he done? Yeah. Um, absolutely beautiful up on top. Very cold, probably 40 degrees up there. I was, I was just soaking sweat. I wasn't feeling good, and probably this probably didn't help it. Um, but uh, what a neat experience. Go to 82. Um, you might have saw Hello, this family. video post on an Instagram.
4: It is Sunday just after your service. Um, I've just climbed to the top of Mount Sinai. That is the sun going down. Uh, That's amazing. Uh, About a five-mile hike from the bottom, and it's pretty much straight up. Uh, But uh, encouraging to think, Uh, at least the Egyptians think, this is where Moses came up and down the mountain. Um, Down below, I don't know if I can show you this. There's a valley down there.
0: This is the second spot where they could
4: have been. Um, the nation of Israel was?
0: That's the promised land that way. Uh, it's hard to know. Look uh, at those mountain uh, ranges. They had to go. Uh, over.
4: Beautiful to see the sun go down on Mount Sinai, at least uh, in theory. Um, there's a and no matter, matter top, if this course, was a spot or not, um, there
0: was no direction right, uh, when there wasn't a, a mountains. So, a this may not be the exact spot, is, but think their about, trail was uh, very all
4: that difficult. All what God did with the nation of Israel, and somewhere down in that valley was the seed of Christ. I'm uh, talking about the protection of the seed of Christ. Yeah. Um, who would cross this country uh, and eventually going to Bethlehem and there be born, live a sinless life, die a perfect death, raise a perfect resurrection for our justification. Um, and here, the Lord protected that seed. Um, what an interesting day uh, to stand here. Hope you've had great services. Well, I look forward to seeing you soon. All right, bye-bye.
0: 83. So I just, I, I, I was able to get a signal um, driving, we were driving back down, and I kind of wanted you to see, the blue dot was would be us in the van, we're working our way back down to the Red Sea, and about where that A is, um, and maybe a little bit north of that is where Mount Sinai should have been somewhere around that. That line would have been possibly somewhere around where they would have crossed in the promised land. They got turned around and sent back all the way back down to El Toro and Sharam El Sheikh there and worked their way around that Red Sea um, because of their disbelief. And they spend 40 years wandering around there. Um, it's, it, it's, when you're there, you go, oh my goodness, this is what lack of trust in God will get you a life of wilderness. And I think there's a lot of people that wander around in the wilderness because they don't believe God's word. And you, you just really come away a of sense of awe of how kind and good God is uh, to his people. Remember, their shoes didn't wear out. Their clothing didn't wear out. He fed the manna every night, uh, double portion on Friday night. Uh, he flew quail in them. And by the way, I jumped two cubbies of quail going up the Mount Sinai. It was, I, I wish I would have had a shotgun because I wanted one of them. Um, uh, I, thought, I thought, wow, that was pretty cool uh, to see that. But I just wanted to show you this. Um, the Suez Canal is up there where you see Suez. That's so funny because you're driving out through the desert eye level and then there's these ships with containers just going, it looks like they're going through the sand out there because you can't see the canal. And that, that was quite amazing. Uh, last slide, um, I just wanted to end with this is because I want you to pray uh, for Pastor Gerges and uh, his wife and this church. This is a church we support monthly. We send funds over there to help this church that has hundreds and hundreds of people in it. Um, very poor. They cannot run rub a lot of pounds together. They don't have much money. Um, and yet, uh, between Smear and our church and many of us, we give towards these ministries so that uh, the gospel will go forward there. And uh, I tell you, I came back extremely encouraged from this trip, uh, that God was doing something in a place I could not imagine before I was there. And you're part of that. You're part of that. They repeatedly told us to thank you, to thank you, that, they, that, uh, that we were able to come over and minister to them. They so dearly want us to come back, um, and we will someday, Lord willing. Uh, but that's part of us. That's, that's the arm and reach of whoever been out there trying to uh, participate with that ministry. You want to say anything?
1: On behalf of the church in Egypt, we are grateful to God that he blessed us with Pastor Scott and Gina to be there to see the believers 6,000 miles away. They worship the same God, Christ is the same, and He is the center of the church. And we sing like we t- we sing over there, and it was a great time. Thank God for that, and thank you for your support.
0: Hmm. Any closing words, there, babe? You good. Nope. Did you have fun?
2: I had a wonderful time. <laughs>
0: yeah, she goes. You finally took me somewhere outside of a jungle where people are trying to kill us. So. <laughs> Mostly, I scored. Yeah, well, they might have still want to kill us. I forgot something. But she enjoyed it. Yes. What
1: else? Uh, if you are re- interested in uh, my grandfather's life and his uh, mm. the persecution he went through his life, I translated his life in a small booklet. There's some here and some in the other exit. If you like one, you can have it.
0: Do we have those back there, Rick? I, I put them. Oh, he said he put them back there by the exit. So if you, if you would like that, go back there and grab one of them. It's a fascinating story of Samir's grandfather. What was your grandfather's first name?
1: Bolus. which is Paul, yeah. Paul. Oh. Paul, P-A-U-L, Paul. Paul Bolus. When you translate it to Arabic, it would be Bolus, like Peter. When you translate it to Arabic, botrus, botrus.
0: Hmm. Well, amen. Hey, young people, ask God to make you a missionary. You're going to have to ask Him to do it. I know it's scary, but you, you get to go see what God's doing around the world. Second-generation missionaries are some of, the, some of the most influential missionaries we send out. Men and women that say, you know what, I've got a retirement. I'm going to go serve the Lord for a couple of weeks or a couple of months. We have places for you to go. Think about this. Pray about it. And keep sending myself and other pastors and other ones that can preach and teach. Keep sending us. They need our help and they want our help. Uh, And so we're glad to go. Pastor Gurgis, we know you're still awake and we know it's about two or three in the morning. Thank you for watching. We love you. We miss you. Uh, Say hi to your family uh, and the church. And We pray you have a great service. Let's pray and be closed. Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you that you promised You told us that you would have every tribe and tongue and nation and people around your throne. And Lord, you're doing that. You're gathering people, whether in Egypt or America or Philippines or Spain, uh, wherever around the world, you are gathering your people. And Lord, you let us participate with you. That's pretty humbling, Lord. You are doing this phenomenal work and you let us participate. We participate by giving uh, to a church like this that loves missions and seeks to train and, to, and help. Um, we do that by going. Some of our young people have gone this summer to different places. Uh, Lord, we pray that you would raise up another generation of missionaries that are willing to put their lives on the line and give up the American dream in a sense and go serve you in different places, Lord. So Father, we pray that we would all be encouraged by what we've heard and seen tonight and we'd be willing to give to go, to hold the rope for others. Lord, help us, inspire us to do these things, Lord. Lord, I do thank you for Riverbend Church that does give and does go. And so, Lord, may we excel still more. Lord, thank you for our brother Samir. I thank you personally for the encouragement he's been to my life uh, and the life of this church and particularly to the life of the church in Egypt. We pray you would bless him, uh, continue to give him good health, Lord, as he serves you. Thank you for my wife who has such... Joy when it comes to studying history and seeing what you have done down through the ages. And I I thank you for her, Lord. Bless her life as well, Lord. And Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to preach in a church that has a different language and a different culture, but believe in the same Lord and the same Bible. And so, Lord, thank you for that great blessing. Lord, give us sweet rest tonight as we think about these things. May we wake up in the morning ready to serve you. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.